One of the blogs that I really got down the rabbit hole on is a blog called Early Retirement Extreme, written by Jacob Fisker. He's got a book under the same title that I recently finished reading. And the book and the blog really are built around these three big ideas, three things that we've seen before in other readings and podcasts and writings and YouTube videos, that if we get these things right, it can really lead us to a lot of positive outcomes. These three things, if if you do them consistently and correctly in your own life, in your business, and in your relationships, it sort of rules out the bad options. One thing that investors like to point out is that if you just don't mess up, if you just avoid all of these really bad things, the remaining options are mostly good ones. Those three things are, one, reframe everything. Two, the more you know, the less you need. And three, create a robust modular life. So let's jump into each of those real quick to see what it means. One, reframe everything. Part of Jacob's book and his blog is you have to reconsider what it means to live a low-cost lifestyle. Uh, Fisker lives on between seven to $11,000 each year, and that includes his housing and his bills and his hobbies and his food and so forth and so on. And so if you can reframe your own life to his standards, to his expensive, his expense standards, then you can really compound your savings and you can invest the difference and you can grow wealthy, at least as how Fisker um, defines it. And so what does that mean? How do you reframe that? One way is to reframe from lifelong ownership to serial ownership. It's amazing that some things we look at and we see how one person can own it before us and then we can have our turn owning it and then we will sell it and pass it along to someone else. Things like houses and cars and other durable goods and other things like, let's say, clothing, patio furniture, or children's toys. It's sort of like a one-off thing where you're, you buy it new and then it doesn't get moved, passed on to somebody else. Another way to reframe is to reframe um, how you, you view biking. Biking is a hugely popular subject among the early retirement financial independence bloggers like Jacob and others. And he, he said that when he first came to America, uh, he, people asked him, well, why are you riding your bicycle? Are you, are you doing it for fun? And he's like, no, I'm using it to get from A to B, which was a European thing that he picked up from where he grew up. And in America, we think, I'm riding my bicycle as a form of pleasure or enjoyment, where you can reframe that as, I'm riding my bicycle as a form of transportation. One line from Fisker's book that really stuck out was, quote, there are no such things as needs and wants, end quote. And he goes down the list of um, shelter options. So we all need shelter, but that, can, that really exists on a continuum. From You can have a tent. You can have a room in someone's house. You can have an apartment in a building. You can have an apartment that you share. You can have your own house. You can have your own giant house and so forth and so on. So all of those are options. They're all once. All you need is shelter. You just need to be on the continuum. Where you want to be is up to you. And if you define that, if you choose that in a mindful way, then you can make some of these changes that Fisker is suggesting. You can't solve problems with the same mindset that created them. And so sometimes that means you need to get out of your own head. You need to read a book like Fisker's and you need to learn from others and that'll help you reframe things.
The second big point is the more you know, the less you need. This was another uh, powerful idea in the book. It came through in many different sections that Fisker writes about. For example, the more you know about cooking, the less tools you need. I used to really enjoy the cooking shows, and you would see the certain mixers and the bowls and all the different knives and the different appliances and so forth and so on. But, but all you really need to be a good cook is knowledge. If you can look at a pantry and you can put together ingredients in a unique and tasteful and inexpensive way, you're going to be an excellent cook. Another idea that fits under this um, second point is bodging. And that's sort of like figuring things out as you go, knowing you're going to make mistakes. If you have the right attitude, elbow grease, and a connection to watch YouTube videos, you can fix almost anything. And I say that from my own experiences. I am not a handy person, but I started to try to fix things a few years ago, and I've developed a certain capacity for replacing electrical outlets, replacing car parts, fixing other things around the house, doing a lot of plumbing work, as it breaks and goes bad. I can't shingle a roof, and I'm not going to install a new HVAC system, but there's a lot of little things I can do. And Fisker points out that that home repair, or bike repair, or cooking, it really follows an S-curve, where if you do a little bit of work, at first it's gonna seem hard, but then you you reach that middle section of the S-curve where things just make a huge jump forward, and you can make lots of progress in an area so that you become competent at these things and then it tapers off again. So if you can get most of the way up this S-curve, you're going to become skilled at many different things. And all of those things are things where you don't have to buy a ready-made solution, whether that's a ready-made vacation, whether it's ready-made food, or a ready-made bicycle, or a ready-made book. And some things, it's nice to do ready-made. Books are a good ready-made solution. You don't want to go out and research and find information on all these books. I finished A Burglar's Guide to the City recently, and that was a great book, and I could have found all that information online. I could have Googled it and used Wikipedia and done all my own exploring, but having that prepackaged as a book was nice, whereas other things you're going to want to do yourself. And that really depends on if you have that attitude that I can figure this out. It may be a little difficult at first, and I may not see results, but there's a big jump once you get past that initial stage. The third big point is how to create a robust modular life. And this really, it helps to visualize this in a web. So if you think of the different components of your life, learning, health, education, relationships, spirituality. If you can think of those big things, do you do multiple actions that lead to those things? So, for example, if you want to think about saving money, then if you learn how to cook your own food, that's going to help you save money. If you get your books from the library, that's going to help you save money. If you get your books from the library and you read about them, and then you use what you read to write a blog post that generates money, that's also contributing to that bucket. Another way that I found that I'm failing at this robust modularity is the podcasts my wife and I listen to. I love learning from podcasts, but we often don't have the same overlap of interests. So if I could find a way to listen to 
similar things to what my wife enjoys, then that would be a way to strengthen our relationship while also learning. It would be killing two birds with one stone, so to speak. What we don't want in this tightly connected modular web is something that once it falls out, once it drops out of the web, it's really hard to replace. And I was thinking in college I had these friends who were really outdoorsy. They would go camping and kayaking and hiking and they would do all these things uh, that were outside activities. And they were always able to do something because their sport really was just being outside and just moving outside. So whatever the season, whatever the equipment they needed, they could do it even if it was as simple as going for a hike. And if you contrast that with something like playing golf, where you need golf clubs and you need money to pay greens fees and you need certain weather to play golf. Golf is tightly coupled, or once it goes, it's going to take out other things. You can't simply replace it. Whereas if you're a fan of hiking, you can do hiking almost anywhere. Even in the flat parts of Ohio that I live in, you can go for a hike through the woods. I liked Fisker's book. It was a good overview of what his blog shares. If you're interested in it, you should probably start at the blog, dig around there for a while, and then if you want to go deeper, check out the book. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mike's Notes.